It's great to worship with you guys this morning. I, I love when uh, Jesus shows up. Woo! There's my boomy God voice happening this morning. Amen. All right. Good. How, you guys are doing well then? Everybody's excited to be here. Ministry fair happening today. We are going to be uh, talking about how we can serve and the things that we can do to give ourselves away to others. Uh, we've, we've been in a series this month called, Do You See What I See? And we're doing this series because vision is what helps us move forward in our lives. How many of you know there's, there's, it helps to know where you're going? All right, one person knows that. How many of you have a guy in your family that never, ever stopped for directions? All right, that's, maybe that's just our family. But what helps you get to where you're going is knowing the destination, seeing some vision, having a, a desired picture of what you're moving towards. And uh, I started talking this month about the church vision, but I'm trusting and hoping that God's been speaking to you about a vision for your own life. That's some time you just need to take that with him. Say, Lord Jesus, what do you want for my life? What do you want for my family? What do you want for the people that are in the circle around me? Those are the things we need to be asking him. But I know a little bit more about the church vision. So that's what we've been talking about this month. And uh, is as a reminder, we exist at New Life Fellowship to help people in the southwest area of Pittsburgh encounter Jesus, grow in their faith, and give it away. And the words that you hear us shorthanded to are encounter, grow, and give. That's what you'll see a lot if you're around at New Life. And the first two weeks of this series, we talked about what it means to encounter Jesus, that we have a face-to-face meeting with him, that he shows up in our midst. Isn't that pretty cool that Jesus was here to encounter us this morning? I think there's something about when God's people gather, you can't keep him away. There's this, this burning passion and this zeal in his heart to just come and be where we are, to be with us as we worship him. And then uh, last week, we talked a little bit about how to grow in our faith because we haven't arrived yet. Is there anybody here that has arrived? Maybe we could trade places this morning. We're all a work in progress, and we're all still growing in our faith. Jesus planted something inside of us. His life is inside of us, and it's continuing to grow until we see it more and more on the outside. So after talking about encountering Jesus and growing in our faith, this week I want to wrap up this series by talking about give it away. And please don't panic. I'm not talking about money, although I could help that happen for you. If you need that to happen after service, you can come see me and we'll talk about it. Uh, What we're talking about giving away is what we've received in our lives from Jesus and to give it away to others so they really can encounter him and see him and know him through our lives. We're talking about giving away our time, our talents, our energy, our resources, the gifts that he's placed in us, taking what he's given us and giving it away to others. And uh, if you're around New Life for any length of time, we have a couple classes that can help you figure out how to grow and to give things away. They're coming up in mid-May, so be on the lookout for those. But we give things away because every one of us has been given something. In uh, 1 Corinthians 12, 7, it says a spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. Look Look at somebody beside you and say, that verse is talking about you. Some, some of us need to hear that. We need to be reminded that Jesus has placed something of value in our lives. It says each one of us. He didn't leave anybody out. There wasn't a shortage of gifts. You didn't get at the end of the line and then you, you come up to Jesus and he's like, well, I'm sorry, we're fresh out. No more gifts. You, you gotta go. You're the only one in all of eternity that's ever existed that didn't get a gift. Sorry. He doesn't do that. He gives each one of us a gift so that we can use it to help one another. This is a verse that we need to believe. If we are stuck saying, well, I don't have anything to offer, 
there's nothing of value in my life, there's nothing God's given me that could possibly help anybody else, then we are not in agreement with the Bible and we need to repent. Ooh, thank, thank you for that reminder this morning. Nobody else can use your gift for you. God gave it to you so you could use it. Here's a famous quote from Zig Ziglar. He said, you're the only person on earth who can use your ability. Isn't that an awesome thought? Jesus put stuff in your life so that you could use it, so that each one of us could give it away to somebody else so that we could use the gifts that he's given us to help each other. These aren't gifts that are just for us. It's not like your birthday or Christmas where all the gifts you get, you're like, yes, I've wanted this all year and it's mine and I'm going to use it for myself. Man, I sounded just like a six-year-old, didn't I? And I hate to say that sometimes that's how Christmas and my birthday go at my house. Like, yes, mine. Like those, where the, the, like the seagulls in Nemo, mine, mine, mine. Like, that's what it feels like sometimes. But with spiritual gifts, what God has placed in our lives, they aren't just for us. We can't take them and go hide with them and say, yes, look at how spiritual I am. God gave me this gift. They are for each other. There's something that he's put in our lives that it, I even think he put these gifts in our lives to highlight our need for each other. And there is an interdependence in the body of Christ that he placed something in us that we need from each other. There, there are things that I don't have that are sitting in this room that I need gifts to help me grow and to help the church. There are things that are in my life that I'm trusting God has placed them there for the benefit of others and not just for me. And that's what this verse is talking about. He's given us, each one of us, a gift to help each other. That's, sometimes I think we don't recognize the gifts he's given us because we don't see how they benefit ourselves. Like, oh, what's, is this really a gift? I don't see how it's helping me. And we need to get out of that mindset and realize this is for everybody else. This is for the people around for me. And I think when it, when it really comes down to it, I think the use of our gifts is actually more valuable than the gift itself. There's something that Jesus is looking for, for these things to flow in the body. And just the fact that we step up and say, yes, Lord, here I am, send me, just like the prophet Isaiah did. If we step up and say, yes, Lord, use me, I think he loves that more than even saying, oh, that's a great gift I gave you. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that a a fun gift that everybody else... He's excited that we're stepping up to say yes. And that's what really matters is when we step out. If, If we sit on our gifts, nobody knows what they are anyway, right? If we, never, if we never use them, nobody's going to see what God gave us anyway. So we need to step out. We need to use what God has given us anywhere that we go. And at, at New Life, I believe part of our call is to create a space for people to use their gifts. To, it's like a practice field to use what he's given us in our lives. Uh, I'm so thankful for practice sometimes, aren't you? That, that we get to rehearse some things before we're on the big stage in front of everybody. Uh, I was thinking we went last week, was it Eli's practice for flag football? And uh, they're getting there. This is the first time the kids have even met. The, the coach is like, you know, we're sitting there and we're like, Eli, is that your coach? Are those the kids on your team? And he didn't even know. And so uh, after that first little exhibition game, uh, Heather and Daniel told me, that, yeah, the coach called and said, we need to schedule a practice during the week. I can't imagine why that you would need practice to get out there to play. Come on, just, just throw the ball and catch it and run down the field. It'll be fine. Now, thank God for practice. 
And I believe that the church is an environment that he's given us to practice. There are things that we get to do here where it's safe to fail. We're each other's cheerleaders. We're all on the same team. We're rooting for each other. This is a place to step out and do some things so that later on we'll, we'll be practiced up so that when we get out in the world, like, oh, I could do this in my workplace or I could do this in, the, in my neighborhood. I can use these gifts in other places. But here is a place where it starts. I think the church ought to be a safe place to step out and say, hey, here's what Jesus gave me. I want to use it somewhere in this environment. Um, and scripture really does. I think if you study it out, scripture places a high priority on using our gifts in the church and building up the body and seeing he, he wants what happened when he physically walked on this earth to continue to happen today. And it happens through his body being out there and using the gifts that we have. So I I just want to share a couple reasons why I think it's important to use the gifts that God's given us. And then we're going to pray for a couple people and have some uh, popcorn and Kona ice. And I don't even know what else is happening today, but I'm excited about it. Um, I think we want to use our gifts because there's a principle in God's kingdom that whatever we give away increases in our lives. Isn't that an amazing thought? We, we get so caught up in like, oh, I've got to hoard this. I've got to keep it. I've got to save it so I'll have more of it. And in God's kingdom, he says, hey, I gave you that so you could give it away so I can give you more. That's, that's just the way it works. And uh, I was thinking about, uh, if you go back later and read Matthew 25, that's where the parable of the three servants is, or some people call it the parable of the talents. But the story is actually about amounts of money that, that the master gave to some servants. And he says, I'm going away on a trip Hey, Pam, I'm going to give you five bags of money. Andrea, I'm going to give you two bags of money. And Eddie, I'm going to give you one bag. Man, sorry. I just made Eddie the the lazy servant in the story. (laughs) Some other fictitious person sitting there on the front row. Like, I don't know. So, so the master gave these bags of money to the guys, and, and the, I think we sometimes confuse them because some translations call them talents. A talent was a weight that they used to measure out money and goods. And so the master goes away, and the guys start working. The guy with the five talents, or Pam in this case, she puts the money to work. She invests it. She starts opening a small business. I don't know what, what she opened her own franchise to Starbucks. Who knows? And all of a sudden, the money grows. And she's got five more bags of money sitting next to it. And Andrea, she starts using her money. And all of a sudden, she's got two more bags. Look, I've I've increased what God gave me just by using it. And Eddie, or whoever it may be in our story, man, I should have said myself. He gave me one bag. like Whatever it was, the guy with one bag of money, he takes it and he hides it in his house. He says, oh, man, I'm, I'm kind of worried that master's a hard guy. He, he likes, to, you know, to take care of his stuff. He doesn't want to waste it or squander it. So I wanted to make sure it was safe for him. So he hides it in his house, and he doesn't do anything with it. And when the master comes back, guess what happened? He was pretty, thank you. Andrew says, what? Tell us more. The master sees the guy with the five talents, says, you doubled your money. That's awesome. You're going to be in charge of big things because you were so faithful with these little things. Man, I'm excited that you did that. And he sees the person with the two bags of money, says, you doubled yours too. This is awesome. I'm going to give you more responsibility because you've been so faithful. Well done. You're a good and faithful servant. And the last guy, the master says, where's my money? He says, here it is. I hid it. This is what it says in Matthew 25 too. It says, I was afraid. I would lose your money. Do you ever wonder why Jesus talked about so money, money so much? I, I think there's a tie into it. It represents some things that are important to us in our lives. 
Did you ever get to that place where you're, you're afraid? All right, I'll just share it with me. I've been in that place before where I'll get a nudge. Like, you need to give this amount away or you need to be generous to this person. And I, there's that little catch. Oh, God, that money was for fill in the blank. I was, I was going to buy Doritos this week. I don't, what, I don't even know what it is. They're, they're usually stupid and selfish things that are my excuses. Right? Dyke. Now you're messing. That's just wrong. Now it's, now it's personal. Lord, I was going to buy Diet Coke with that money. That's, that's what just came out of the audience there. That's, they're usually selfish and stupid things that I ignore them. But that's, I think that's why Jesus used money so much as an example. Because it, it reflects what our heart's attached to and what's important to us. And, and in this case, the guy was afraid. And I, I think money maybe is an accurate revealer of our trust. In, in every level in our lives, the things that we trust him with, the things that we are expecting to see him do in our lives. And I can't give that away is not a good excuse for the master. In fact, the master calls him a wicked and lazy servant for not putting the money to work and just burying it in the basement. Man, I almost feel like we ought to just stop right here and say, please, God, help us to never ignore that nudge that you give us and say, but God, it's, it's our money. It's my money. Don't you know this is, I earned it. I worked so hard for this. And everything we have really is a gift from him. Right. Why, why do we get upset when he starts nudging us to do stuff with what's his anyway? Anyway, the guy was afraid. We need to get over our fear because actually giving, and it could be money, but I'm also talking about our time and our talents and our resources and the gifts God's placed inside of us. Giving is the only thing in scripture that God actually challenged people to test him with. He says, I want you to give and test me and see if I won't open the windows of heaven over your life. Nothing else. He he didn't say, go jump off the building, I'll catch you. He didn't say, do these crazy things for me. He said, give, and I'll take care of you. We're, We're talking about serving others with what God has placed in us, but fear still will often hold us back. Fear of not having enough, fear of what people will think. Fear of being misunderstood, fear of getting it wrong. That's why I talked about it. It's a great place to practice here. It's okay to get it wrong sometimes, right? I got two people that said right. Thank God that it's okay to get it wrong sometimes. In the end of the story, this is what happened to the guy that had the one talent. The master took it away from him and gave it to the person that had five. And I I think there's a lot of people in, in today, we're looking at today's society that they think that's so unfair. How could you take that and give that to the rich person? Look at that. But this is what Jesus actually said happened in that exchange. Matthew 25, 29 says, To those who use well what they are given, even more will be given, and they will have an abundance. The world says if you want to have an abundance, hoard it, keep it, save it, hide it somewhere. But do you know what? You never get to a place of having an abundance if that's your mindset. There's, there's a verse in Ecclesiastes that talks about if you love money, you'll never be satisfied. You'll never have enough. No matter what we pursue, what we try to hoard and save it and and hide it away from everybody else, it'll never make us happy. It'll never be enough. And it's the same thing with our gifts, our talents, our energy, and our resources. We hide it away. It'll never be good enough. But in God's economy, if you want more of something, you start giving it away. You start using it. You start stepping out. So that's a reason we want to use our gifts is because they'll grow in our lives as we start using them. Uh, Another reason that we want to use our gifts is because I want us to be a great church. How many of you would like to say I go to a great church? Yes. 
How many of you already say that? Maybe that's a better question. Like, in God's kingdom, greatness comes from serving. There, there is a kingdom reality, and I really do. I want us all to be great. I want us to be a place where people would say, man, that's a great church because they love and serve the community. Like, we're in this place. You guys know it's a great church because you're here and you're a part of it. I would love the community to look at us and say, that's a great church because they love and serve people. And that's where Jesus equated it. He says, greatness comes from being a servant. And in a conversation with his followers, Jesus was talking to them one time. And believe it or not, Jesus was actually criticizing the religious leaders and talking about the things that they did and how they wanted uh, position, they wanted power, they wanted people to recognize the stuff that they did. And uh, in the middle of the conversation, Jesus says this in Matthew 23, the greatest among you will be the one who always serves others. Man, talk about uh, Jesus laying it down on the line and saying, hey, you want to be a great person, you want to be great, this is what you need to do. You need to humble yourself and begin to serve and, and use what God's given you. Um, what if we were so oriented towards serving that we had a hard time finding something to do because everybody else was already serving and doing it? Come on, not, with, without it being weird or hyper-competitive. Like, what if, what if the greeters had to fight to hold the door for somebody? Because there were so many people that wanted to just smile and greet people and, and let them in the room. That's, amen. Thank you, Ken. The, the, guy, the guy in charge of first impressions, ushers, and greeters, he's amen in that. He'll be out there at a table. You could meet him and do that. What, what if that was the atmosphere and the, and the kind of culture that we cultivated in our personal lives and in the life of the church is, man, there's so many people that want to serve and lay down their lives for other people that sometimes it's almost hard to find a place to step in and do it. How amazing would that be? And Jesus is our example in everything, right? And uh, he actually said this about himself in Luke chapter 22. He says, I am among you as one who serves. Come on, this is the king of the universe talking here. This is the one that created everything, that things spoke. He spoke them into existence. This is Jesus, the almighty one. He could have said, hey, I'm here for you to build me a really big house and a throne. And he says, I'm among you as one who serves. And in Matthew 20, he said, even the son of man did not come expecting to be served, but to serve and give his life in exchange for the salvation of many. Jesus demonstrated a life of service and a life of giving himself away. He healed people. Come on, that was an act of serving. There were people in society that others didn't even want to touch. I don't want to be around you. I don't want to see you. You're unclean. And Jesus laid down his life, says, I'm going to go heal you. I'm going to go touch you. I'm going to go release the kingdom over you. What an amazing act of service to people. He washed the disciples' feet. How many of you remember that story? That's, that's, we, that's out of context for today's society because we, we think that'd be weird. Like, what is foot washing? In their society, they wore sandals and they worked on dirt roads that had a bunch of camel poop on them. Come on, their feet got really nasty. Some of you are already thinking you hate feet and feet are nasty, but they were really nasty back then. And that was the job that was given to the lowest servant in the whole household. You're, you're the guy that we don't even want you to touch any of our silver or anything. You're going to go wash people's feet. That's the job we got for you. And they would have to take the sandals off and wipe all the manure off and say, ooh, I'm going to make your feet nice. Jesus did that for his disciples. Come on, because they're thinking, this is the Son of God. This is the Messiah. We're going to conquer everybody. And Jesus says, watch, watch how you conquer everybody. You humble yourself to the lowest place and you begin to serve and give your life away. I was thinking one other example of Jesus serving. 
he, he was on the shore after the resurrection. They were, the disciples were out in the boat fishing, and Jesus was there on the shore cooking fish for them. There's some of us in this room, we haven't cooked a meal in two days. I cooked this week. That's been... Jesus was cooking breakfast for the guys. He says, I'm baking some fish. I think that was not the first time he had done that. Did you ever read that story? And, and I think if that was the first time he had done that, they, they would have been on the boat like, Peter, it's the Lord, and he's cooking. Like, that would have been recorded in there. Like, they would have said, this is odd. He's never, he's never cooked anything for us before. They didn't even think twice about that. Oh, this is something Jesus would do, and they knew it was him. And they swam to the shore, and, and he says, hey, eat some fish that I made for you. It, it did not have to be the first time that he ever made a meal for his disciples. I think Jesus served. Man, here's one more reason I think we need to use our gifts. Because we have a mission that nobody can do by themselves. This is, this is if, if, we're, if Jesus is waiting for, hey, Pastor Chris, you're going to evangelize the world. You're going to save even every soul in Bridgeville. He's going to be waiting a long time because it's hard. It's not something we can do on our own. In Matthew 28, he said, Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations. How many of you know it takes more than one person to disciple nations? There, there are things that we are called to that we will never accomplish if we just try to do it on our own. Even me and Pam, she's a great team. She increases us. Actually, I'm not going to say any of those things that just popped in my head. Pam is amazing. And we can do more together when we're in unity than we could ever do individually or apart. And it's the same principle if you start adding families, if you start adding churches together. Come on, not just New Life Fellowship even. There's a mission and a call to the world that we can't even do individually just as one church. We need each other. We're called to disciple all the nations. Even Jesus sent out the disciples in pairs and groups saying, hey, there's something that you need to do that you can't do on your own. Christianity was never meant to be a one-player event. We're, I'm old enough that I actually played video games in the arcade where you had to put a quarter in the slot. Some of you are like, what's an arcade? What's a video game? Yeah, not the Xbox on the TV? And I just remember there were, there were some games that it was like, hey, this is, this is just one player. I don't need anybody else. You're, in fact, you're going to bother me if you're playing this game with me. Like, get away from me. But there were some games that it was like, this is a multiplayer game. We, we can't accomplish the goal of this game unless we have more people playing. Right. It's the same thing with Jesus asking us to go make disciples of all nations. Yeah. It's not a one-player game. There's something that we need each other to, to accomplish what he's asked us to do. So here's two quotes that I want to end with, and then we'll, we'll pray for some people who are stepping into some new leadership roles. Um, Dale Carnegie said, You must play your own instrument in the orchestra of life. There's something that he's given each one of us to do, but he didn't say you just play an instrument on your own. It's meant to be part of the orchestra. There's something that we do in harmony together. We have to use our gifts because they go and they blend with others. And uh, here's, here's the last quote. And I, I thought this was pretty amazing. We'll bookend, it. we'll bookend this series. We started off on the first week with a Helen Keller quote, and I'm going to end with one. And she says, alone we can do so little, but together we can do so much. And it has an amazing thought from a, from a lady who needed other people to accomplish anything in her lives. And I, and I believe our, our things that we can do alone are still powerful because the Holy Spirit lives in you. 
You, you can accomplish much, but there is a principle in Scripture. Deuteronomy talks about one person could put 1,000 to flight and two people can put 10,000 to flight. I'm, I went to school. I know math. You, one and two does not make 10,000 or 1,000 go to 10,000, but in God's economy it does because there's something exponential that happens when we come together and we do things not just individually but together. This is what I would like us to do for our action item this week. This is not a very complicated one. Uh, stay for the ministry fair. There's an action item you can do. It'll be done today. You can check off your list and not think about it again the rest of the week. Is that self-serving? Is that... Maybe. Maybe. Um, if, I, if I could have... Uh, Ken and Di come up here uh, and stand with me. We're going to pray for a couple people now. We're just going to have uh, just a minute of a family moment here uh, before we even get to the ministry fair. Is that okay with you guys? Yes. It's, okay, it's okay to have family time with the family? And John, you can come up, stand here with Di. Woo. And then I'll, I'll get some other people in the mix in a second. Yep. Come on. Well, I, I walked off this side, so come on this side. Uh, so we're going to pray and bless a couple people today and just set them in as, as God's doing something new in the house. Uh, Di is actually going to be leading our kids' ministry, Kids Encounters. Yeah. And uh, Zach and Christina yes. stepped into a role two years ago or a year and a half. Yeah. Where there was a need. And... Uh, they're not leaving kids ministry. They're like, we want to serve. We love the kids. We want to be back there. We're just, we're ready to hand off the baton for somebody else to lead it and be in charge of it. So Di stepped up and said, I can do this. And uh, Di asked for, she's, she's the one that's actually going to be in the role, but she asked, can Jonathan come stand up here with me? Because I've got ideas and vision, but Jonathan's the muscle that I make him go do it. So uh, they're, they're in this together. And then uh, this is Ken, and Ken's uh, going to step into a place of leading our first impressions, which is ushers, greeters, hospitality. Hey, you can even take off your mask so people can see your... Yeah, this is Ken without a mask. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I just, I love Ken's heart for people and just to see them get connected and, and to know their stories and know their names. There's just something... Something in you that I just see that desire for people to know Jesus and his body and to be connected and feel loved. So we appreciate you taking this step. Um, man, this is a good moment, isn't it? Uh, who I would like to have, if I could have the elders that are in the room. I know Steve's here and Dave's back there this morning. And uh, I'm going to introduce some of our other people that are on the leadership team just to come lay hands and, and help along with this. Um, Tyler and Lydia, you guys can come up with us. Uh, Tyler and Lydia lead our worship department, so you'll see them in the foyer and get to talk for a minute about anything, opportunities to serve on the worship, sound, and media, and all those places. Uh, Zach and Christine, if you want to come as the passing of the torch even, yeah, let's, we'll move this way as we, we add more people. That's a good idea, Pam. That's why I keep Pam around. She's got good ideas. Let's all come stand up here. Ah. Uh, yeah, Ken and Di have to stand in the front, though. Uh, who else we got here? Uh, Pam, why don't you come up with us? And uh, Gosh. 
not, I don't want to make this an all day, all long thing, but I really feel, I feel compelled. Just Karen and mom, would you come up? Just because I know sometimes uh, God speaks to Karen and mom. They've got good things to say that they hear from the Lord. I just want them to add their blessing to it. Daniel, you can come up here too. Daniel is, Daniel is the brains of the outfit. Let's put it that way. Uh, he and Andrew, you're here. You're just taking pictures. What do you What do you want? Okay, she's going to take pictures. But Andrew's on our leadership team too. Um, Daniel's back there hiding. He likes to hide. That's his spiritual gift. My spiritual gift is hiding from people and staying in the background. Um, but there really are things that happen in the church that we say, Hey, here's this issue. Here's this problem. And Daniel hears from God and has wisdom and says, Here's what we need to do and how we need to organize things. Um, am I leave, Am I missing anybody? She's, oh, Tammy's hiding here. Tammy, Tammy is the face of the church in many aspects. Uh, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, yep. All right, good. Well, so what we're going to do is we're just going to lay hands and pray to bless Ken and Di as they step into these new roles. And while you're sitting there, I'd like you guys just to be praying in your seats where you are. Just pray a blessing over them. Pray a blessing over the church, uh, over the people that come in the door that, that need to be met and greeted and need to have their names remembered. Thank you, Jesus, that somebody remembers all the names. And uh, we can be praying and releasing a blessing over the kids that come to the church. How many of you know the kids are not the next generation of the church? They are part of the church right now. Like there's no junior Holy Spirit. There's no smaller version of Jesus that they get. They are Christians the same as we are. And God speaks to the kids. And we want to have an atmosphere and environment that we love and care for them and teach them to know who they are in Jesus. So let's go ahead and pray. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Lord. God, we just bless uh, Ken and Di right now. Uh, We thank you for this new season that they're entering into. We thank you for uh, the gifts that flow in the lives of these two people. And Lord, uh, who they represent and the ministries that they represent. Lord, we speak a blessing over them right now. We ask for you to strengthen them, give them your wisdom, your understanding. I just ask for them to have favor uh, with the people they talk to and that they interact with. I thank you for plans from heaven that you speak to them and give them your vision, your understanding, uh, your ideas. God inspires ideas, Lord. We just ask that you would release them to them right now. Uh, Lord, we thank you for the great love for people that they have, that they would even step out to lay their lives down for others, to serve, uh, Lord Jesus. It, it may it may not be cleaning people's feet as they walked a dusty trail, uh, but it is an act of humility to serve and to step out and to say, I am going to do this for you, Lord Jesus. And we bless them right now. We release your goodness over their lives and everything that they need, Lord Jesus. We just ask you to bring it to them right now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Diana, God has brought you to this point. He has taught you in the natural. But he has taught you in the spirit. And he has given you such a love for Jesus. And it will be this love for Jesus that you are going to impart to the children. They will have a heart to want to come to the house of the Lord. 
because it's fun to be with Jesus. And they are going to learn so much about the goodness of God, the love of God, the grace of God, the forgiveness of God. They will learn how to pray because you are one who prays. They will learn how to worship because you are one who worships. They will learn how to forgive one another because you are one who so easily forgives. And so everything that God has imparted to you, Diana, you will impart to the children. They will receive it in the name of Jesus. And Jonathan is going to be right there beside you doing all the things that need to be done, making the things, putting the things together, carrying the things, all those things, providing fun times outside. But Diana, everything that God has imparted to you, you will impart to them in Jesus' name. Amen. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. I'm just going to come in front because I like looking at faces. So thank you, Lord. You know, I got a little teared up because I was sitting here thinking about, I heard that, I heard that the saying that said, it is time. Who is that? Is it from, uh, is it from Star Wars or something that there's something that, tell me. Rafiki, the Lion King. Yes. I knew it was somewhere in there. Sorry. So I just, I heard that phrase. It is time. Okay. It is time. And so we're just declaring that you're a daughter of the house. You were born and raised at New Life. What an amazing thing to say. Whereas Ken is newer to New Life, and that is also an amazing thing to say. But I believe that you need to hear it is time. And the word that I have been hearing all like weekend for you is the word Genesis, which I don't even really know what that means, except that it's a Genesis day. It's a Genesis. It's the start of something transforming. God's doing right now something new because it is time. Okay. And so we just declare that over you and the power of the timing of the Lord, because he knows your heart. He knows your hearts. He knows your unit, the community and the union that that operates within your household. And so we just pray right now, God, I just thank you for that. Even as Di is right here in the middle of the house and the family, God, you're setting her in place in the wall for such a time as this, because it is time in your kingdom for the things that are on your heart through Di to come forth and be accomplished in a greater measure. Even as we heard already, she's got the talent. She's got the gifts, God. She's got the money in her hands. She can't wait to use them to watch what you're going to do. And so we do pray for that exponential explosion and the increase of heaven. Yeah. In every way that you want to bring it for die, for our kids, for every aspect, for the families represented, God, for the community, how you do what you do, Lord, bigger than this moment, yet very much a part of what you're doing at this moment in this time. And we say, God, to you be the glory. Yeah. God, we thank you for the weight, just not being a heavy weight, but a beautiful weight. Yeah. That only only you can bring and accomplish. Woo! In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And I'm moving on to Ken. So, okay. So I just had a real quick picture when you when you were up here and I was sitting down here. I'm sorry. Apparently, I'm all about movies. But it was that Indiana Jones step. 
you know, where he stepped where there was nothing there. And when I was joking and said, don't fall, I literally saw you step and you weren't going to fall because God's taking you in the next steps that he has for you. Even when you have no idea what that looks like, but that is a step of faith. There is a step of faith in you that's standing here right now, Ken, that's brought you to this moment, bigger than what anybody may realize, but I'm speaking to you from the heart of the Father that says you are standing here because he knows your heart of faith to step out and to say, okay, God, I don't know what you're doing. I don't see what you're doing. I may not even feel, I don't have a clue what the next step is in this area where God's graced you with wisdom but watch what he's going to do. And so we just pray and speak that over you as well. God, we thank you for the steps of faith, (laughs) the leaps of faith that Ken is bringing to this house in a whole new way. Yeah, for his life and for everyone around him. God, we get to be part of it, and we thank you for the way you bring the increase in not just Ken, but his household and everyone around him that sees his life, that honors him and honors you. Yeah, for he is a man after your heart. So we just say thank you for the steps that are ordered, the steps of a righteous man that are ordered by God today. In this way, we bless. Yeah, in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. Yeah, thank you, Lord. Yeah, okay. Father God, even now, in the name of Jesus, this is just the first steps for him. Father God, you you have placed within him such a heart of compassion. You have placed within him eyes to see see things that the rest of us would not even see. You've given him ears that he can hear things that the rest of us, it would just fly right by us, but it doesn't fly by Ken. No, no, he takes it to heart. And you are a man of prayer. You are a man who will intercede. You are a man who will get down on his knees. You are a man who will seek God. You are a man who will pray. If you need prayer for something and you want someone to pray for you and you need someone who's going to stand with you and won't give up, this is the man. This is the man. Ken is somebody that does not give up. He perseveres. He's got a persevering spirit and the heart of compassion. Oh, my goodness. So, Father God, even right now, we we just seal this word. We just seal this word in him. We just seal it in him. This is just the beginning for you, Ken. It's it, it's just the beginning. We are blessed to have you here. You are a blessing, Ken. You are a blessing. Oh, no, that was perfect. Okay. Do you have a word? Because this is kind of like an afterword. I feel like it's a particular word for you to want to Um, uh, going along with what Pam was saying about Genesis, you know, that was God's big construction project, you know, that he constructed. And I was just getting uh, the word infrastructure and, and just the picture of highways, super highways, and that um, you are facilitating a super highway in the church as it is, you know, that uh, kids or people can come on the on-ramp and in, 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 in what you're what you're overseeing, you know, and they can get in the church and they can serve, you know, and they can go down that super highway of service and then get off in other areas to serve in other areas as well. But, but it's also for you, you're getting on a, a new super highway that God is excited about constructing as well, mm-hmm. that, um, this is just the beginning, you know, that, that this is your on-ramp into, into serving him. And he has a lot 
down the road and some, some uh, lots of experiences on some different off-ramps and different things like that to come. That uh, he's just excited about this infrastructure project that he's doing in you guys right now. Amen. That so goes on with what I was about to say. When Pastor began to pray and he whew, said there was just a release of flow, I felt like, did you say that or was that just in my own mind? There was a total, what's happening today, there's like this big thing. I, I like actually felt it in my body. We have flow happening in our physical bodies and what this setting in right now is causing that to happen and it was so important to hear the different gifts and the different things the infrastructure all of that basis and all that stuff that's happening and because of that i felt this flow like this rush this flow of ministry that's happening in the whole body so it's the whole body and just even thinking about today with the ministry fair when we have the parts of our bodies doing what it's supposed to do we have proper balance and flow and when we don't, there's a stop up. So there's places for every single one of you and all of us to serve in. And we need you, every little part. And if you're not doing, if that one part's not being done, there's a little bit of a stop up. So we need everyone doing their part so that that flow happens and, the, and there's life, there's life and body happening when that happens. So that's what I was seeing. Amen, amen. Else? All right. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so I, I wasn't sure if it was, this is for one of you, but I think it is actually for both that neither of you missed your mark. And I think there's been seasons of your life where you felt, I missed it, I missed what God was doing, or I didn't do enough, or I wasn't there enough, or whatever. But God just wants to reassure you that you didn't miss your mark and that this is really just your season to just lead in such a beautiful way and I think because you've been through seasons like that you're going to be able to see the people that you're overseeing and encourage them up in that too and say like listen you didn't miss the will of God you didn't miss your mark you didn't you are here for a reason your place here you're coming here for a reason so just be reminded that God sees you in that way all right amen amen all right okay. All right, I'll make I'll make one last room for my mom. I keep thinking yeah. that when the when the going gets tough, the tough get going. So God is reminding you, it's not in your strength; it is in His strength, and He will fill you. And His grace is sufficient. Amen. Amen. I like that sound. That was my mom on the mic in church in an in-service person, in-person service. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, um, man, I just, I got one more thing. While we were praying for you, Ken, I, I just heard the phrase sneaky powerful. Like sometimes the ushers, the greeters, those things get overlooked or we think, oh, it's just, they blend into the background, but there's sneaky power there. Like just that power of connection and knowing that people are being grafted in and welcome, like that's a powerful gift. So don't ever underestimate it. Thank you, Lord God. We thank you for the words that were spoken over these people this morning. We just seal them, Lord God. We thank you for all that you want to do in our midst, Lord God, through connecting people, through ministering to children, everything else that's represented, Lord God. Thank you that you are building your church, and we are so excited to be a part of it. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Let's give them a hand. Can I get a hug? Can I get a hug?
Oh. Um, yeah, hold him in the back. Thank you. God bless you. All right, so I'm dismissing just these people on the stage for right at this moment to go out and be at their tables in the foyer. Um, so while the rest of us are sitting here patiently waiting, thank you guys for being patient this morning. It was, it was good just to do some family business. Uh, so Ken's going to help. One of, one of his first official duties now that we actually prayed for him and set him in, uh, Ken's going to help pass these out. So I made something to help you navigate the ministry fair today. And yes, Daniel, I'm sorry, it is paper. It's not, it's not digital. It's not on your phone. You can't just check the box. Um, so it's, called, it's a passport to service. And what I'd like you to do with it is as you visit each table out there in the different ministries, if it's just like your regular passport that you would use to travel. How many of you can remember back far enough to traveling? flying on an airplane, going to different cities. It used to be an amazing thing that we did all the time. Um, Anyway, inside are the different ministries listed there. As you go around, if you could just get somebody from each table to sign it for you. And if you get signatures on all the sections of this passport, here's here's what's going to happen. So as soon as everybody gets one and you're not distracted by the ushers handing handing them out. uh, On the back you'll see it says encounter Jesus grow in your faith and give it away write your name right there on the back and if you get all the signatures take this card to the connect center and drop it off with Pam she'll be out there and we are going to have a drawing for a fabulous prize which trust me it is fabulous I know so uh, if you get all your sections filled out take it to the connection point as your last stop and turn it in make sure your name's on it somewhere and we're going to draw it we have a couple gift cards to give away to people. So that's what will happen as an incentive for you guys to stay and to visit all the tables. Let's go ahead and stand together. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for being present in this place. <laughs> ah, thank you guys again. It, it's good just to have a minute of family time to accomplish some things. Uh, God is our good, good father. And that's one of his pictures and models for the church as we are a family together. And uh, I just want to pray for you right now and bless you before we dismiss to get out in the foyer. And uh, I also don't want to forget the opportunity because I know I haven't actually met everybody personally in this room this morning and heard everybody's story. Uh, So I don't want to ever take it for granted. If you're in this room this morning and you've never started a relationship with Jesus, you've never given him your life and made him your Lord and Savior, uh, this is a great day to do it. And all, all it takes is you have to say, Lord Jesus, I believe you are the son of God. You died on the cross for me and you raised from the dead. And in that moment, faith awakens inside of you and and Jesus comes and literally makes his home with you and starts a relationship. So if you need to do that today, uh, I would encourage you come up. uh, You can see Tammy up at the front or Rich as part of the ministry team. Or if you need prayer for anything else that you're dealing with, pain in your body, something going on that you just need somebody to stand face to face and pray with you, uh, come up and get some prayer before you leave today. Father, thank you for this time in your presence. Thank you that you are our good father and that you've called us your own. And uh, we just say once again, Lord, we love you. We love you and we are so thankful for your activity in our lives. Lord, bless us today, even as we leave this place. I thank you that you go with us everywhere that we go, that your presence never, ever leaves or forsakes us. And we just honor you today, Jesus. We bless you in your name. Amen.
Amen and amen. All right, you guys are free to either come get some prayer, hang out and talk to your friends, or go out in the foyer and, and talk to the department leads that are out there. God bless you guys. Have a great day.